46, 10 to 11. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Be still and know. Be still and know. When we eliminate the popular misconceptions about prayer and begin to know the secret keys to its mysteries, we shall see things happen. Prayer is an art. Every art has secrets. The secrets are not hidden. They are in all the Bible. Everyone can see and read them. But because they are so simple, we miss them sometimes. We earnestly desire the understanding, but we miss them. Our Lord told us that we have to develop a certain kind of mind to understand the mysteries and to be able to operate. That mind must be childlike. He meant that the secrets are hidden from the people who think they are of themselves smart, who think themselves intellectual, who think themselves personally important. As soon as you think you are a VIP, the door is shut. 1 Corinthians 8, 2-3 And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Now as to what prayer can do, let's look at Arnold J. Toynbee. He was a historian. He said something about the mystery of men who have changed the history of civilizations. In his colossal work called A Study of History, he has a section called Withdrawal and Return. No matter who you are, as you listen to this conversation, the significance of this section can begin to help you change your life if you will follow closely. Toynbee says that each truly great leader has first taken time out and gone off by himself to be alone. Then when he has full view and vision, he came back and led the people, sometimes by the millions. It is important to spend time alone with God. Matthew 6, 5-6 says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, are for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, Pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Most of these movements lasted long after the founders were dead. When they were alone, they had some kind of deep inner experience, and here is what it most meant. And here is what was most important. Many of these men of world-changing power were without much education, without much background, without much importance, before they went off by themselves. Apparently they became so absorbed in great concepts that they lost their sense of egocentricness. They lost their self-consciousness. God can do almost anything with anybody if given the chance. It matters not who you are or what you are or what you have in your past or how old you are. God can do anything with almost anyone given the chance. But let us just add one caveat to that statement. We never get anything for nothing. He that loses his life shall find it. The cost is high. For you must be willing to give yourself to Christ, to let him work in you. I do not know how far you or I are willing to go, 
But these people of the past, before our Lord came, who changed the world, gave themselves to the highest concepts of God that they knew at their particular time. Look at the millions of people today who are still influenced by them. They lived hundreds or even thousands of years ago. Among them, we find such men as Abraham, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. In the Christian era, we have such examples as St. Paul, Martin Luther, George Whitfield, John Wesley, Hudson Taylor, among others. There is very little chance of your going away for a few weeks to live alone on a mountaintop or live alone in a desert. But you can get alone somewhere, and you can do that every day. During these few moments, during these minutes, if you do it consistently, you will hardly recognize your own growth of character after a few months. Now, I know not everyone who listens to this podcast will have the desire to do this, or has a desire to become a world or even a local leader. But each of us is called to be an influence for Christ in whatever sphere we find ourselves in. Therefore, the people upon whom we have an influence will be changed not so much by our arguments as by the fact they will realize from contact with us that we have been alone with him, that we have been with Jesus. If you think through your schedule for the day, you probably can find some time to be alone. Best of all, if possible, get by yourself in the corner of your room, in your apartment, or in a pew, somewhere where you can be alone. If you can't acquire this kind of solitude, you can practice these exercises when you are on a a bus, when you're in a subway, waiting for an appointment, in your car driving to work, out walking. Find some place to have some alone time. Now here is the first suggestion. If you want to come out with the right answers from this alone time, you must be alone with Christ. When your solitude is with Christ, you are with truth. And truth cannot fail. Truth cannot lie. Truth cannot lead you astray. Truth cannot point you in the wrong direction. Truth cannot give you false assurances. If your solitude, if your prayer time is with Christ, you are with truth, and truth cannot fail. You are then getting into a cooperative mood with the very source of life, the very source of truth, the creator God of the universe. How far will you or I go with Christ? I do not know but we should seek to go as far above anything that we can think or imagine. Spiritual silence can do much to give insights of value to the world in which men have been called to work and earn their living by the sweat of their brows. My friends, may I make a suggestion for the coming week? Why not try a daily period of sitting quietly alone, even if necessary, in the midst of people, on a bus, in a doctor's office waiting room, but spend that time alone with Christ. It is possible. Psalm 46.10 Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. The very fact that you are alive and breathing means that his life is in you. Accept it. And sit still for as long as you can without becoming jumpy, without becoming jittery, without becoming nervous. It isn't always easy, but try it. Don't time yourself by a watch or a clock. If you begin to sense God's presence, you may be able to be quiet for a whole minute, or a half hour, or longer. But forget time and be still with God. 
Be still and know that I am God. Be still and get to know God. Spend time with him. Now, when you seek your alone time and you're doing it in a public place, like a doctor's office or a, a bus or wherever you happen to be at work, don't do it to project that you are praying. You don't want to put on a show of prayer. You want to seek that alone time. You want to be still and know that he is God, but you don't want to be as a hypocrite and project that, hey, look at me, I'm praying. Look at me, look what I'm doing. I'm praying, I'm better than you, I'm praying. Jesus teaches strongly against that in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 1. It says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in the secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corner streets, that they may be seen of men. Do not pray to be seen of men. Do not seek that alone time with God in a way that you are seen of men. Seek to not be seen of men. Seek to be still and know that he is God, alone, away, in a prayer closet, away from others. But if you cannot find that time, that space, and you are seeking God in a waiting room, you are seeking God somewhere that's public, do not do it in a way that they will know that you're seeking God. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, but for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. The way and practice of the hypocrites. We just went over seeking God, being still and knowing that he is God, finding your time alone, seeking him, desiring that relationship with him. But don't do it the way the hypocrites do it. Don't practice it the way the hypocrites do. The main thing they aimed for was to be able to be commended by their neighbors. The places they chose to do their devotion, they prayed in the synagogues, which were indeed places of public prayer, but not for personal prayer. They prayed in the corners of the streets, the broad streets, the main streets, the busy streets, the most frequented streets. They prayed to be seen of men. They didn't pray to God. They weren't being still and seeking to know God. They were seeking for people to observe them praying. The posture they used in prayer, they prayed standing, this was a lawful and proper posture of prayer, but kneeling being the more humble and reverent gesture than standing. Standing seemed to say, look at me, I'm praying. But kneeling, seeking that quiet place, be still and know that I am God. Now look, they pride, they had pride. It's expressed in two things. They love to pray 
in public. They love to pray where they are observed to be prayed. They did not pray for its own sake, but when they prayed, they prayed to give, they took the opportunity of making themselves noticed by their prayer. It is that they were seen of men, not of God, that they were seeking. They were seeking acceptance of men, not of God. They were seeking the praise of men, not the praise of God. They were seeking to bring glory to themselves and not bring glory to God. And the product of all this, how these hypocrites prayed, in contrast to being still and finding that quiet place and not drawing attention to yourself, but seeking after God, being still, and know that he is God. Contrast that to the way the hypocrites prayed. The product of all their prayer, they have their reward. They have all the recompense they must ever expect from God for their service. And a poor reward it is. What it will avail to us to have the good word of our fellow servants or what it will avail to us to have the good word of our master when he says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Be still and know that I am God. Don't be as the hypocrites are to put on a show of prayer. But seek out God wherever you have to seek him out, wherever you need to seek him out. If you can't seek him out in a private place, seek him out in a public place, in a waiting room, on a bus ride, wherever you need to seek him out at work. But don't seek him out in these public places as the hypocrites prayed to draw attention to themselves, to point glory to themselves. They did it just for a show. Do it to where people don't know you're praying, where you're not drawing attention to yourself. Just be still and seek God out and know that he is God. Thank you.